0: This podcast is brought to you by DeMarini. Are you ready to join the Uprising? More than 150 programs around the nation have, including back-to-back Division One and II national champions, Oregon State and Tampa, and Division Three national champion Keene. Log on to DeMarini.com backslash D Nation and check out the Voodoo Minus 3 to see why the SC3 alloy is the most powerful and durable performance alloy on the market. It gives you the pop you need to get along because chicks don't dig the ground ball. The Uprising, coming to a ballpark near you. Welcome once again, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. Along with Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. Aaron, we are supposed to only take 15 minutes to podcast, but uh, we always go over that, it seems like, in the college podcast. Just too much to talk about. This weekend, no different. In many conferences, in fact, the vast majority of conferences, this was the last weekend of regular season play. Conference tournaments will be this weekend. The Big West and the Pac-10, I believe, are the only tournaments, only leagues that will not have tournaments. You've also already got a few teams that have punched their tickets to the NCAA tournament by winning, say, the Ivy, the SWAC, the MEAC, these kind of things. So we'll touch on all those things in this week's college podcast. But let's start right at the top, Aaron, the Baseball America Top 25 coming out at BaseballAmerica.com. And there's a new number one after six weeks of the Miami Hurricanes being number one. North Carolina, the Tar Heels go to Miami, an outstanding series, and they win two out of three. uh, A very closely played series overall. North Carolina with two big leads in the last two games, and they hold on. And I think the difference between these two teams, Aaron, I think that Miami's a little bit better offensively. Uh, Definitely have more pro talent, at least in the upperclassmen, than North Carolina does. But North Carolina's a good offensive team. Starting pitching for both teams, good, not great. I think North Carolina's starting pitching is stronger. And then while Miami has two knockout relievers in Bellamy and Gutierrez, actually I guess three with both the Gutierrez brothers, North Carolina's bullpen they did give up some runs this weekend, but they, took big, they got big leads, and they held both those big leads in the last two games of the series. And I think North Carolina's bullpen is the number one reason why the Tar Heels are number one this year. It's a great call.
1: And, you know, obviously everyone knows about Rob Wooten, the senior closer, who's been such a key part of what they've done there in the last few years. But uh, it's guys like Brian Moran and, and, and Colin Bates, um, you know, these guys who have stepped up. Tyler Trice, who's really been under the radar, I think, um, these guys have all gotten a lot better and, and I think you're right, John. I think it's a huge reason North Carolina is so dangerous. They've also got some freshmen of course, Nate Striz in there and yep. um, John
0: Manuel Faith, Patrick Johnson, who struggled down the stretch, but
1: still a live arm. This is this is a very deep pitching staff. More than anything else, I think that's what you can say about North Carolina. I, I do think that their their weekend rotation is obviously it has a ton of upside when you when you've got a pair of, you know, I, I think very, very likely first-round picks in Alex White and, and Matt Harvey. Correct. Bookending it, and you've got a, a proven winner like Adam Warren in the middle. Uh, but really, to me, it's the depth more than anything that makes North Carolina's pitching staff so good. Also, you know, we talk about their lineup. Like you said, John, I think you nailed it. They have a good lineup. It's not great, uh, but it's very good. Um, you know, Dustin Ackley, Kyle Sear, Tim Fedroff, those, those three sophomores, that's really yeah. the, the, the key to this whole thing for them. Those Absolutely. guys are really, really good. They are
0: really good. Dustin Ackley is the best leadoff hitter in the country right now. Um, you're starting off maybe the best hitter in the country, leads off for North Carolina. And when the bomb of your lineup has some production or gives you some production, then Dustin Ackley is incredibly dangerous. I love Carolina leading him off because he runs. He's an aggressive hitter, but he's not. A, you have to pitch to him carefully. He will take a walk. He can hit for power. But I just think he makes our lineup, he, he's a difference maker for their team. And that's been taking nothing away from Tim Federoff, who's having a fantastic season. The other key to this weekend was because of North Carolina's pitching depth, they did not catch Tim Fedorovich on Saturday because they'd used Wooten early in the second game of the series, and Fedorovich, he worried them, uh, they opened the ninth inning, 12-10, he walked the nine-hole hitter, Yasmani Grandal, which is the last thing you want to do, but he had to go through the meat of Miami's order, and he was able to strike out Dennis Rabin on a high fastball to end that game. And that's just a little X factor North Carolina has at the back of their bullpen when they need it. They have a guy back there that was in the mid 90s, and Tim Fedorovich, and he has a little experience. So uh, that was a, a, a one thing that they can go to. And they really do have nine or ten pitchers. So North Carolina, to me, Aaron, uh, the third best team in the ACC in the regular season in terms of record, but they haven't lost a weekend series all year. To me, North Carolina is the national favorite to win the, the championship. They're the favorite to go to Omaha and win it all. I put the ziggy on them. Uh, if you want to put it that way, I'm putting that onus on them. They're the most complete team. Their biggest weakness, basically, is a solid junior shortstop, at Garrett Gore, who's a solid player. But do he's not as good as Josh Horton.
1: That's basically his. his you know what, weakness. John? John and, and that is a weakness. I think he's he's been he's a good player too. He, I take he's right been away shaky from him. defensively at times. He has to. too. So I mean, that's all he's really got to do is play good defense.
0: I think he's a solid, average college player. But I mean, that's that's the only place where they're really not they're not great defensively up the middle. They're just. Solid, but they're not great. Uh, Seth Williams is a senior, grinder kind of guy. Fedorovich is a great thrower, improved receiver. Uh, but up the middle, defensively, I'd say North Carolina, just because it's not a strength for them, they're just average there. That might be their biggest weakness. Because everywhere else, I think they're above average, slightly above average, too well above average with their bullpen. I
1: Man, they're a complete team. And one other thing I'll mention about North Carolina is that you touched on, give the coaching staff a lot of credit for the way they've used Tim Fedorovich this year. So. They, they've, they've really... They they planned it this way. They drew it up this way. They wanted to save him for the stretch run. They haven't thrown him very much. Only six innings coming, I believe, coming into this year or this weekend rather. And and so the idea was we've got enough arms right. that that we can get through the most of the regular season here without using him on the mound so that he'll be fresh. Uh, you know, as as a catcher, first of all, during the, the bulk of the season, but second of all, he'll be fresh to come into these kind of situations like he did on Saturday yeah. uh, when it matters the most.
0: He was good; he wasn't great, but he got the job done. I think the other factor for North Carolina is experience. And this is, <laughs> excuse me, there are a lot of guys on this team who've been to the College Series on two very deep runs, obviously to the finals. The last two years, and the third factor there might be that Oregon State might not get in. We'll talk uh, about that later in the podcast. But, but, but I would
1: I would agree with you, John, that right now I think North Carolina probably is the favorite to, to win this whole thing because for me, I mean, the experience really sets them apart. Um, you know, and and, and you know, Miami has got a lot of a lot of experience in its lineup too. To Miami's outstanding.
0: Miami is outstanding. Arizona State's outstanding. Florida State's outstanding. There's no doubt about that. But North Carolina played Florida State, and Miami in the last three four weeks. One two out of three against both teams. You know, at home against Florida State, at Miami. Miami went to Florida State, one, two out of three. I mean, there's been a little round robin here in the last month, and North Carolina comes out looking the best out of those three teams. I just, yep. yeah, They did it on the field. I think you have to give kudos to Mike Fox and his staff, and kudos to those players. It's a very tough, deep bunch of players, and there's just not there's not one star. There are really 20 players, maybe more, who've really contributed to this team being number one right now. It's impressive. It is. Uh, it's the Baseball America podcast. He's Aaron. I'm John. Uh, Speaking of the ACC, we'll touch very quickly on uh, Florida State at home against North Carolina State. North Carolina State wins the first game of that series, and then we want to talk about catchers closing, Aaron. uh, The ACC Player of the Year just announced this morning, that is Buster Posey. That is no surprise. Buster Posey in a nothing-nothing game on Friday with that series hanging in the balance. Uh, NC State making a run at hosting a regional, if not, uh, being a top-8 national seed maybe if they'd won that series. I mean, you never know. But they go down to Florida State, and they win the first game. Clayton Shunick strikes out 10 in the second game. But Buster Posey, triple and run scored to make it one nothing in the bottom of the eighth. Give me the ball, Mike Martin. goes out of the mound and saves the game uh, on the mound in the ninth inning for Florida State. And then Florida State goes on to win that series. There's an MVP award in college baseball. I think Buster Posey wins it uh, hands down. You're the catcher, a three-hole hitter, and the occasional closer for this team, which also put Ryan Strauss back in the weekend rotation this weekend. Some odd things. Uh, Florida State's still tinkering uh, as the season goes on, which is interesting. The wheels are moving for a – wheels are turning up there in uh, number 11's head. You
1: know, I suspect this is maybe kind of similar to what North Carolina has done with Fedorovich. I suspect maybe yeah. they, they moved Strauss into the bullpen as a way to keep Posey fresh for this stretch run here. Uh, so now, you know, they, they've got Posey. It looks like they're going to maybe use him more in the bullpen again, uh, and they can move Strauss back to the rotation. I mean, it kind of makes sense.
0: also brought up the best in Strauss. He wasn't at his best necessarily as a starter early in the year, and then he really found himself in the bullpen. The guy was outstanding. Yeah. Plus they have Gast healthy now. So they, they're, they're, they have more options at Florida State. I think all three of those ACC teams, I've written the column already this year, I think this is the best chance the ACC has had in a long time to win a national championship with a team with, with ACC as the banner. I think North Carolina had uh, North Carolina's experience gives them that chance. Miami, their depth, their pitching, uh, they're especially in the bullpen, their offense. Jim Morris gives them a chance. This is Florida State's best team since Stephen Drew was there. So, uh, but let's talk about the rest of the country because the rest of the country is usually who wins the national championship, not the ACC. And Aaron, a uh, big shakeup in the Big Twelve this weekend. Texas A&M and Nebraska have been the two best teams in that league all year. They played an epic series last weekend, as Jim Rohn would say, if he ever paid attention to college baseball. Uh, he would have called that series epic. But now this weekend, both the Huskers and the Aggies go out and get swept. Um, Missouri does the sweeping against Nebraska, uh, finally playing like the team that we predicted them to be in the preseason. We picked them first in the, in the Big 12. They finished fourth, but only three games back of the Aggies. And then here comes Texas as the uh, Longhorns sweep the Aggies this weekend. And suddenly, the Aggies are getting gigged. They've lost six straight. And uh, what do you make of the, of the Big 12? Uh, I think our rankings tell you a little bit about what we think of the Big 12. Who's the best yeah, team Big I Boy. mean,
1: Oklahoma State, to me, stands out the most. They've, they've, you know, they they, they finished second in the league behind Texas A&M. Uh, but they they have won head to head series against the other top four teams in this league. They've they beaten A and M. They've beaten Nebraska. They've beaten Missouri. They've beaten Texas. So, for me, Oklahoma State has been very has been the most consistent team, and especially down the stretch, um, Oklahoma State. As as you mentioned, our rankings reflect that we've got them ranked uh, the first out of that group. And after yeah, that, something. John, this was really the the only difficult part of the rankings discussion this week was how to stack up these Big Twelve teams. I think we all agreed that Oklahoma State should be first, but after that. Uh, I think you could have done it in any number of ways. I mean, you know, it's we ended up moving Missouri up uh, to, to number nine ahead of Nebraska and, and Texas A&M because they did just sweep Nebraska. We do believe in Missouri's talent. We have all year long. Um, I think we believe in Nebraska and Texas
0: A&M, too. It's not only against those two teams, but, I mean, they're both in the top 13 teams in the country. That said, uh, you know, one team has lost six in a row, and Nebraska pretty much
1: got thumped really And Missouri dominated that series this weekend. And and with with the exception of Missouri being swept at Texas A&M, and granted that's a notable exception. That's a pretty
0: big exception. But but
1: with the the exception of that weekend, Missouri has now won, I believe, uh, five of its last six weekend series. So, you know, they have actually been playing pretty well down the stretch here. Um, You know, and you can make a case, well, A&M finished first in the league, Missouri finished fourth, A&M swept Missouri head-to-head, you know. But then again, a and M's, like you said, has lost six in a row now. So I think that kind of outweighs... Uh, the, the head-to-head factor, especially since a lost the head-to-head series to Nebraska as well, right. which just got swept at Missouri. So you could stack also these up the any way you want. But.
0: I think the one team that you have to stack at the top is clearly Oklahoma State. Yeah. They've won series against all three of these teams. Yes, they didn't win the league. They were one game behind Texas saying them in the league. Um, to me, I think Oklahoma State has been the most consistent. They've played the toughest schedule. They're top 25. The record against top 25 teams, I think, is kind of revealing. That's essentially the order that we rank them in, Aaron. Uh, Oklahoma State 11 and 7 against top 25 teams, Missouri 9 and 5 against uh, top 25 teams, and AM's 4 and 3 and Nebraska 6 and 7. We basically went with the teams when there's very little difference between those teams and teams in the conference. We basically uh, and there's a lot of different head-to-head permutations. Oklahoma State wins all the head-to-heads, number 1, and then Missouri had the best the toughest schedule in terms of most top 25 teams played. And games one against those top twenty five teams. And that's kind of how we ended up lining them up, and a little bit of momentum. And how? What have you done for me lately? Also factored in. Thank goodness, all three. I think all four of these teams are going to host regionals, and uh, all, you know, the question of who is the top ten, a top eight national seed, I think will really be determined by what happens in the Big Twelve yeah. tournament. And I,
1: this is this is how how wild this this league has been this year. Is a week ago, when we did our, our latest Top uh, Field of sixty four projection, we had Missouri as a three seed. Right. Uh, you know, and we said that if they if they took care of business and won that series against Nebraska, they could move up to at least the two seed and maybe even host. Uh, they swept Nebraska, John. So I think, like you said, they're they're back in the mix to host.
0: If Missouri wins the Big Twelve tournament. How are they not a one seed? And in fact, to me, they'd be the national top eight national seed. Yeah, I know they finished fourth in the league, but it's three games back sixteen and 11 19 and eight. There's a difference there. I understand that. It's it's almost a dime's worth of difference over twenty seven games. That's a that's a decent amount. I understand that, but I, 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 to me, Missouri playing very well, playing its best. Uh, I, I think we believe in Missouri, and uh, we'll see how how we'll see how that all works out. That's that's probably not worth a whole lot of anything uh, uh, this year. Uh, Preachers predictions really don't seem to mean a whole lot. But I do think Missouri is finding itself and making adjustments and, and playing its best baseball at the right time. It's the Baseball America podcast, the college podcast, along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. Aaron, the Pac-10. You want to move on to the Pac-10 or should we, Let, we mull the, the Big 12 a little bit more? Pac-10 is crazy. And I mean crazy. A uh, couple of huge sweeps in that league, really several huge sweeps, First of all, kudos to Arizona State, number two in our top 25. Arizona State wobbled a little bit there. Back on the beam, they sweep Washington. Uh, the Huskies, who had ascended in that league's rankings and the league standings, now back in fifth place. And at 10-11, they're tied. They're 31-20. and 20. Their RPI's low. I think Washington's out of it. I think they're it. in a lot of trouble.
1: Man. I think the Washington's out of it for a regional bid. I think Washington and Washington State this weekend probably – was the dagger for both of those teams? There's no way Washington State gets in now after being swept. I think that's by true. UCLA.
0: I think the Cougars had had their own, controlled their own destiny. They won their last four series. They were going to get in, but they didn't, and they're not going to get in. They're six and fifteen. They're last in the league. So that sweep certainly helps UCLA. The Bruins now 29 and 23 overall, 11 and 10 in the Pac-10. They've got, I believe, the Trojans this weekend. They'll fight on against the Trojans. I'm pretty sure to end the series, season no, series. Oh no, it's Cal. Cal. It's Cal. 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 You're right. Well, they're tied with Cal 11-10 and 10 in the league, and uh, that's a huge series. They're at Cal. They're also at Cal State Fullerton, but uh, they win a couple of one-run games this weekend. Suddenly, UCLA
1: is think, back
0: in the hunt for a regional bid, and I yeah. think, Aaron, they go 2-2 two and two in these last four games.
1: I think they're in. That's exactly what I was going to say, John. 2-2 two and two down the stretch, I think we'll do it. I, I think 1-3, and three, maybe not so much. It's, it's that It's that close for UCLA right now.
0: They were right on the border, uh, they're on the borderline, and that makes me feel like I'm going to lose my mind a little bit. Now, Southern California, 10-11, 27-26 overall, they're at Wazoo next weekend. If Southern Cal were to sweep that series, just throwing it out there, at 13-11, 30-26, Southern Cal came into the weekend with an RPI around 50. Southern Cal could be in the mix for a big. Arizona playing at home against Stanford this weekend. They split the first two games with an epic last night 11-inning game. Third game of the series today, Monday. If Arizona loses that game, it's just hypothetical. Even if they win, they're 10-11, and, and they got Arizona State next weekend. We have seen a Pac-10 team get in at 10-14 in very recent history. That was the O-State ball was last year, but they were defending national champions. And then Oregon State, Aaron, 11-13 and 13 after getting swept this weekend. Just uh, a stunning turn of events. They get swept by the Trojans. Uh, Oregon State, twenty-five and 23, 11 and thirteen
1: overall. I think you and I have a different opinion on Oregon State.
0: Oregon State at Long Beach State this weekend and home to Pacific. Will the Oregon State Beavers get in the uh, the NCAA field of sixty-four, Aaron?
1: I think they will, and and the reason is because there, you know, John, it's hard to get to sixty-four teams this year. It is. I mean, last week we're talking teams about get to sixty; it's hard to get to sixty-four. That's it. And last week we were talking about teams like Baylor and you know nine teams from the SEC getting in. You know, what has Baylor done that, that's more impressive than, than what Oregon State has done? Oregon State has won series against against Pepperdine, against Georgia, you know, which, which just won, of course, the SEC. Yes. Against Arizona State and Arizona. There's no team out there that's going to be competing for one of those last spots that has four series that can match those.
0: I, I, I agree with you completely, and I think Baylor is in real trouble here. Uh, you know, losing two out of three at Texas Tech this weekend.
1: Baylor's only got one quality weekend series win all year, and that's against Oklahoma State, which is a good win, but it's one. One good series win all year. They've lost to everybody else who's any good in that league.
0: They've lost their last four series in that league, and uh, that's a long time uh, where they really haven't been good. <laughs> it's, that's the bottom line. The last month, Baylor hasn't won a series against a the team.
1: That they've doesn't matter. Some, Baylor's got to make some noise in the Big 12 tournament to get in. And, and even so, I just don't think that they're going to, I mean, unless they win the Big 12 tournament or, or get, get to the finals, how are they going to look more impressive than Oregon State? I know Oregon State is, you know, the 25 and 23 isn't real good. But, hey, they finish up with Pacific next weekend. They got they they better sweep that Portland. series. they got to sweep Pacific. I agree with you. They can't. Uh, but I think that they will because they're a lot better than Pacific. And if they do, I think they get it.
0: The one problem with Oregon State and Pacific and all this stuff is that Oregon State's all – they're so reliant on their freshmen right now. If Oregon State doesn't make the NCAA tournament – it will be because Mike Stoots had a horrible senior year. Yeah. And because Jorge Reyes did not make the leap from great freshman to veteran. He went backwards. Veteran. He went backwards this year. There's no doubt about it. And that has to be immensely disappointing to Oregon State's coaching staff that a guy who showed that kind of talent last year <clears throat> just wasn't as good on the, on the mound and got himself into trouble off the field. That's a really disappointing year for Jorge Reyes. Uh, I think we thought that this guy was a future superstar and uh, maybe it's the B.A. cover jinx. We finally put the Beavers on the cover, and they have this kind of year. i got to be honest with you, Aaron. Uh, to me, the Pac-10, we said it coming into the year, and it's played out that way. The Pac-10 is the best league in the country. Their nice place team is a good team. Washington State's pitching is not quite Pac-10 ready, but they're a good team. And to me, especially what they did uh, on non-conference, pretty impressive. To me, the Pac-10 should be a seven-bid league if things go right next weekend if uh, Southern Cal, for example, sweeps to Washington State, uh, if Oregon State takes care of business. I'm not saying they will be. I'm saying that there are seven regional quality teams in the uh, Pac-10. And, in fact, I think all nine teams are among the best 64 teams in the country this year. If you were taking the best 64, and that's not what the that's not what the tournament is, and that's not what it's supposed to be. And I'm not even making that argument that it should be. But if that's what you were doing, I don't think you could avoid taking uh, yeah. so the Pac-10s. Nine teams, but I think the Pac 10 is going to be, should be, in my mind, a seven bid lead.
1: See, now I, I disagree with you because, first of all, I don't think that Washington, Washington State, or USC should be regional teams. I and mean, if you look at what USC has done, they're, they're still below 500. Uh, no, they're 27 and 26. They're, okay, they're, they're below they're,
0: 500 in the, the Pac 10, though.
1: Right. But I mean, you know, yeah, they, they swept Oregon State, but what did they do before that? They, they were swept at home by Washington, and that's not they, lo- they lost two out of three and were just pounded in the second game at Stanford. They they lost uh, they were swept at by UC Santa Barbara. I mean, the three hey, games UC Santa Barbara,
0: them. UC Santa Barbara's getting into regionals.
1: Well, UC Santa Barbara they, maybe the they will, team. but the point is they've been they, they've they've gone one and. Uh, it's not good. 1-8 in, in the three weekends before this. So, yeah, also, they, they, they swept the home series against the, against Oregon State. Like that's not that, To me, that doesn't make up for what has been a pretty disappointing season. I mean, this, this team has been very streaky. They've, they've been swept a bunch of times. They've swept by Long Beach. I think they were swept by Arizona State. I yes. mean, you can't be swept all these times. They're, a, they're, they're a, not a regional team.
0: They're us. a sweep or be swept uh, team, the Trojans. That's, there's no doubt about that. They've swept teams like Winthrop and uh, Florida International on the road.
1: Um, but, but in the, in the league, they've Florida been not very good. I know you're going across country, but you know, how, how much can we pat these guys on the back for beating a couple of teams like Winthrop and Florida International? Uh, I'm not,
0: not, that, not that much, apparently. <laughs> not that much, apparently. One thing for, to watch for USC, they've made some adjustments. Brad Boxberger, who's really struggled all year, um, you know there's fine sophomore right hander. And to me, the number one reason they've had a bad year is Brad Boxberger, who was supposed to be their Friday or Saturday guy, he really had a terrible year. They put him in the bullpen this weekend. And he got either one save or two saves. Uh, so we'll see if that, if that helps. Um, you know, USC, again, we'll watch what happens. I think if, if USC goes to Washington State and sweeps that series, I don't think you can keep USC out of the tournament at 13-11 in the Pac-10. I really don't. I think it's more likely that the, UC, that the uh, Pac-10 is a five-bid league and that USC's one team that's left out, who's the other one? Would it be Cal? Would it be UCLA? Would it be Arizona? I think what happens next week determines that. Energy.
1: John, I don't think Southern Cal is tough enough to go to Washington State and sweep that series. I think they wow. lose that series.
0: You are calling them out. You're
1: calling them that out. That team, John. Seriously, those guys. When the going gets tough this year, they've laid down. You know, show me, show me your tough, USC. Show me you can do it.
0: I love it. Call them out. I, I don't disagree with you that they have. You, they've gotten swept a lot. They're the the two USC's, USC East and USC West, have both been super sweep prone. And before we wrap up the podcast, we really should talk about what happened in the Southeastern Conference because when you're talking about regional bids, Aaron, I think you have to start with talking about the SEC. Obviously, a lot of these projections are going to change based on what happens in the conference tournaments, but the SEC is where it all starts and ends because this is the the league that can give you as few as five bids that he got last year or the record nine bids, which they've done on several occasions in the past. And the way things broke this weekend, Aaron, they might be a nine-bid league, but they might be an eight-bid league. I think they're going to be nine. Arkansas is the real the, the, the tough one. They lost two out of three at Mississippi State, but they pulled out one when they needed it in the last game. They lost two one-run games, and they won the last one. I saw James Mailer pitched quite well out of the bullpen to help Arkansas. Obviously, they pounded out 15, uh, 15 runs, but James Mailer, the freshman from Utah, came in at the end and kind of held, held things in place with that nice 86-mile-an-hour fastball and the big overhand curve that runs in the family. I love that he wears number 42 as well. just like his uncle and I believe his daddy also wore 42. But uh, Mickey Mailer, but uh, Arkansas—did Arkansas do enough? Is Arkansas a regional team, Aaron? They, should, they, should the SEC get a ninth bid? Because Arkansas would be the ninth team after after Alabama really secures a bid by winning a series against Georgia this weekend.
1: You know, on, on principle, I, I think I'm opposed to the any any league. Uh, I'm, I'm opposed to a team getting you know nine bids when it's only an eight. Eight, eight, eight teams make the conference tournament. I'm still going to just spit this out. You're I, getting it. I, I, I'm in principle, I'm against it, John, but uh, I just think this year there's, there aren't enough teams. There aren't enough teams to fill out the field. I think Arkansas. They, they've got a couple of quality wins here. You know, they they swept South Carolina. Uh, you know, they, they went to Ole Miss and won two out of three. Although that series isn't looking so great right now. They, they won two out of three at Florida, I believe. Yep. yep. Uh, so I mean, you know, they, they've got they've got some. They got some some things they can hang their hat on here, and I think they will get in because they split
0: two with Nebraska. That, that that helps them. That yeah, does help. Them. <laughs> they have good losses at Arizona State. So you know you have bad wins against like Siena and San Diego State. I mean South Dakota State. But you have good losses. At least you went to Arizona State. Um, Arkansas is right there on the border. Uh, for me, I I wouldn't. I agree with you. I don't think a team that doesn't make its conference tournament should get in an NCAA tournament. That's my personal opinion. But uh, that's not in any rule or bylaw. Uh, to me, I think Arkansas is going to get in. I think uh, I would rather take the sixth-place team in the Pac-10 than the ninth-place team in the SEC, but I think Arkansas is going to get in this year. To, uh, me, to
1: me, the team that might be even in more trouble is, is Mississippi.
0: How about Ole Miss? What a uh, pitiful I performance mean, by Ole Miss this year. They uh, Down the stretch of the season, just an SEC play, they've been really, really inconsistent. Series loss at Kentucky. Uh, they did beat Auburn, but series loss to Georgia. Series loss to Arkansas. Series loss to South Carolina. Uh, they, their last good series, when was it? April 11th to the
1: 13th against LSU. That's uh, that's not good and, and, and to their credit the weekend before that they beat Vanderbilt and sweeping Vanderbilt uh, really that, that's the, that's what they have but before that they lost to Alabama two out of three they Florida. lost two out of three to Florida I mean you know it's, it's it's not a very impressive resume they lost two or three earlier to Texas Christian they've lost a lot of series I mean it's, yeah. you know it's I, I know they're in the, they're in the SEC tournament but I, I don't think they're necessarily a allowed to get into a region. They probably will. They
0: will probably get in.
1: I think the SEC is going to get. I think the SEC going to get nine. I think. I think Mississippi is good enough to make a run in the SEC tournament. But then again, I mean, they're not as good as we thought they were going to be heading into the year. Because you know what, Lance Lynn and Cody Satterwhite, the two guys, absolutely. Those those, those two guys are the, by far the biggest reason. Ole Miss ranked number four in the preseason. And they're, not, they're just not as good as we expect them to be. I mean, Lynn, is, his velocity isn't quite where it was. He just hasn't dominated. Satterwhite's got great stuff, and, and he's, he's had a, kind of a disappointing year. You are correct, sir. Let's
0: do one last thing before we go. <laughs> Kudos to the Western Athletic Conference for the, the coaches all voting unanimously back-to-back years. Let's have all seven teams in the league be in the conference tournament and the league administrators saying no, six you're not going to have. We're not going to let you have a 17 tournament because now all six teams that made the Western Athletic Conference tournament the to traipse to West, Ruston, Louisiana, the geographic center of the WAC. No, I wonder where the geographic center of the WAC actually is. Probably like in Guadalupe, Mexico. <laughs> I mean, this conference is an uh, atrocious. Uh, just, I can't even describe what this conference is geographically. It's a shame. It's, it's a mess. It, it hurts. The student athlete for all these teams—it's pitiful. Uh, but Louisiana Tech, seven and twenty-three in the league, twenty-three and thirty-one overall—one of the most disappointing teams in the country. They're the host of the WAC tournament. They're not even in the WAC tournament, so uh, plenty of good seats available in Ruston this weekend as the WAC with Fresno State winning it's the regular season. It's just season. a hop,
1: skip, and a jump, though, from New Mexico State, you know, which I believe is probably the closest team to Ruston in that league.
0: Yeah, it's just a joke. Uh, I don't know who to pick in this league, in this league tournament. But it's a one, without Tanner Shepherds, Shepherds, it's a
1: little bit open. I think Nevada might be the dark horse. I, I like I like Nevada's club. I think they've uh, they can win that thing. Uh,
0: Aaron, t- we, we should also clean up TCU ten wins in a row. Clearly, the favorite in the Mountain West tournament. Yeah, uh, there's going to be some scouting heat in on the WAC tur- on the Mountain West tournament this weekend with Andrew Kachner, Stephen Fife, uh, next year's. Uh, Utah, that Thursday game, there were a report of 20 scouting directors in to see Stephen fight this weekend um, as Utah makes that tournament. Air Force, not in that uh, league tournament. And then the Big West is really the big series outside the Pac-10. you got the Pac-10 and the Big West without their tournaments. Long Beach State against Cal State Fullerton this week. I've already said I think UC Santa Barbara's getting in. Irvine will get in. UC Davis may have spit the bit this weekend. I know they won the head-to-head with Santa Barbara, but Santa Barbara's season has been a little bit more impressive. They've been a little bit more impressive of late. I know they lost Long Beach State and Fullerton. They did win at Cal Poly. They sweep UC Riverside this weekend, kind of dashing the Highlanders' uh, hopes. In my mind, I think UC Santa Barbara, if they don't cough it up this weekend at Irvine, if they play well at Irvine, I think UC Santa Barbara's going to get in. This, Davis this, has really this, got to
1: sweep Northridge. This should be a four-bid league. and uh, I think it should be a five-bid league, but it probably won't be. I think it will be a four-bid league, and I think it'll be either – Davis or Santa Barbara, I think one of those. Whatever, whichever ever of those teams finishes stronger. I still don't think it's decided.
0: And that's tough. I would love to see this league get five bids. I would love to see Fullerton, the Beach, UCSB, Davis, Irvine, all get in. I think they're all worthy. And in my mind, five. This is a. This should be a five bid league. and The Pac Ten should be a six bid league. And the SEC should be an eight bid league. The, SEC, the ACC
1: is like a six bid league. That's you, you know what, the ACC, so. in my mind, should be a five-bid league this year because Virginia hasn't won one series all year against a regional team, and they did not win at home this weekend against Georgia Tech. Uh, I don't think Virginia should get in. I think they will get in. Uh, I don't think they should. I'm, Strong words. I mean, but I,
0: I, I honestly, I think somebody, I'm with you. You know,
1: beat somebody who's who's going to be in a regional. I mean, look at they they padded the record with the the, the non conference schedule against Lehigh and Coppin State and those kind of teams. They 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 padded their conference record by beating the Boston colleges and the Virginia Techs and the Marylands. Maryland's. I mean, they, I believe they didn't even beat Duke, did they?
0: They lost two out of three to Duke. Their best single win of the year is the Sunday game against North Carolina. That was a six inning rain shortened game. That is their best victory. They were swept by Florida State. They were swept by uh, Miami. They lost two or three at NC State. It is a really brutal resume. What's their best at... series win? Wake Forest? Wake Forest, I mean, which on. is like eleven and seventeen in the league. They, they lost
1: they lost midweek games to Coastal. I mean it's it's you know, this is this is not an impressive resume. I mean why why should they get in? Because they're Virginia? Honestly, I agree with
0: you. Looking at it, they they really don't deserve to get in. I mean, they're not as good as Davis or Santa Barbara. They're not as good as Oregon State or uh, Arizona, for sure Arizona, or UCLA. They're not as good probably as Arkansas are. not to mention Alabama. They have more talent in those teams, but, uh, boy, Virginia, unimpressive, about as unimpressive as Dave Matthews' band for me.
1: They've got to, they've got to do some serious work to get in this weekend. Uh, in I, this think in, I think
0: they're in. I think they're in the NCAA tournament because uh, you and I are on the committee. You're right. I think the fact that they went 15-15 in the ACC, even if they did it by sweeping the, the soft underbelly. But, boy, if you really look at Virginia – that's a pretty awful resume. I mean, there's no excuse.
1: They really shouldn't get in. They haven't won a series against a good team all year. So, to you me, nailed it. I mean, Georgia Tech, the final weekend at home, you just got to win that series. I mean...
0: Kudos to Georgia Tech, which has a very similar resume, but went on the road and beat Virginia in the head-to-head. And and they won a series against Coastal
1: Carolina. Got and, and wins they got some against least, Georgia. They at least beat Clemson at home. I mean, you know, Clemson's not a regional team, probably, but... The, it's still a better win than anything that Virginia's done. Hoochie mama, Virginia.
0: You've, you've won me over on Virginia. I, I think Virginia's in trouble. Uh, <laughs> if the committee listens to the podcast, Virginia's going to go on the bubble. So, uh, Like I said, we went 30 minutes. We could go a lot longer. Uh, Aaron and I uh, could talk college baseball all day, and sometimes, actually, we do. So it's, uh, it's a fun place to work. Aaron, thanks. I know you're not feeling your best, but thanks so much. Thank you for the download out there. Email us for podcast at baseballamerica.com. Uh, sorry we didn't get to any podcasts today. We will, or any questions today, we'll get to those emails in Thursday's podcast. And also next Monday, Selection Monday, Aaron, we are going to be here on Memorial Day and we will podcast the selections. And as a matter of fact, it'd be fun to do a, we'll have probably next Monday our here's who we think should get in, um, uh, you know, Field of 64. And then we'll have analysis critiquing the, uh, and reporting what happened in the conference but also critiquing the field of 64 so next Monday is kind of like Christmas Day it's a big holiday here at Baseball America and in the college baseball thanks again for the download until next week so long everybody
1: everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or Mc Crispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day